started working on some stuff closely with Jam Master J. Then we had the idea and then played it for Russell and Russell was like, eh. And then we went back to the drawing board and my feelings just kind of went, and, and then Jay comes to my mother's house and rings the bell and I open the door and it's like, Word? You know, he's like, yo, let's go finish this shit. Here it comes. Hey, comes. You are listening to Fresh Era, a show about the legends from the golden era of hip hop. Each episode, we bring you stories from the pioneers themselves as we dive deep into their lives, their struggles, and what it was like to be a part of the most popular form of music before it was mainstream. I'm your host, Craig Smith. So aside from hosting this incredible show, I'm also a rapper and producer. And when I was first learning how to make the music, one thing that I really wanted to master was sampling. This was around the time when Kanye was speeding up the soul sample in hip hop. And it quickly became obvious that making the beat was one thing, but choosing the right song to sample was most of the battle. And the more creative you could be with sampling, the better the record often became. I'm saying all of this because today's story is about perhaps one of the best in the business when it comes to sampling. He goes by the name Pete Rock. His ingenuity in the world of hip-hop production has made him one of the best. And he serves as almost a measuring stick for how well a producer can take a record and flip it. And as you'll hear, he got there with a lot of help from some hip-hop heavyweights. And that would help him to endure and keep creating and innovating, even when times got tragic. Pete Rock was born Peter O. Phillips in 1970. His parents were Jamaican immigrants who had settled in the Bronx. But soon after young Pete was born, they moved to Mount Vernon, a neighborhood just north of the Bronx. My mom was a nurse. My dad was a musician, DJ, and uh, like played cricket. Was on a championship squad and everything like that. Trophies to show all that. And as he was growing up, he had an ally in the neighborhood. He grew up close with his cousin, the one, the only, Heavy D. And since Pete Rock's father was an avid collector of vinyl, he and Heavy D had a favorite pastime. We used to sit and listen to a lot of Steel Pulse, Bob Marley, Dennis Brown, We would listen to those records every single day. You know, my pops was really the DJ on the block with all the records. One time we did a, a Thanksgiving thing where my pops brought all his records down to Hev House. Hev lived five houses down from me. Just bring the stuff down there and had a big old Jamaican party. It was crazy. And Pops was playing all the records, all the oldies. The music was infectious. And considering where he'd end up, this was definitely his training ground. His Pops had an extensive record collection. And young Pete Rock wanted a piece of it. Anytime he was at work, I would go in the living room where he kept everything. And one time I, I was taking all his 45s out, doing whatever. I was young, and I was stacking the 45s up. I was taking them out the sleeve and stacked them up real, real high. And he came home, and instead of getting mad at me, he was just like, you know what? Let me show you how this works. Let me show you how you take care of a, a vinyl record. Let me show you who's some of the valuable singers that you need to listen to, from James Brown to Aretha Franklin. And that's how I got acquainted with loving Vinyl, you know, and then I fell in love with James Brown. And one day he got the opportunity of a lifetime. His mother took he and his brother to a concert and they had no idea what they were in for. We went in there and I didn't know what was happening. I was just a little kid. Then next thing you know, this man will make your liver quiver. He started introducing. Oh, brother number one. 
Then James Brown comes out, and I'm as a little kid, I'm just, I'm just like this. Then it got even better. There was an intermission, and my mom said, "Come on, y'all." She took us backstage to meet James Brown. This was his idol, the beacon of what you could do in show business. And now he was standing in front of him. And he was like, "God bless you. God bless you. God bless you." James Brown reaches out to shake young Pete Rock's hand, and that's when a surge of power, musicality, and soul leapt from James Brown into a kid whose life had just been changed. And by changing his life, it also changed the course of hip hop. And I think I became Pete Rock that night. But it wasn't like he was about to be on stage with a funk band. His generation was up to something new, and it was all taking place right next door. Hip-hop was being born in the parks of the Bronx. Well, Mount Vernon is right next to the Bronx, so, you know, what was happening in the Bronx was happening kind of everywhere. Used to, you know, do little things around Mount Vernon. I used to go to little park jams with Hev. And at these park jams is where you will find the ingredients for the foundations of hip-hop. And while Pete Rock was watching all of this happen, he was also given the gift of watching some people do it up close and personal. His gateway into hip-hop was his cousin, Heavy D. He used to be in a crew called Classy Rock Crew, and he was one of the MCs in the, in the group, along with a couple of DJs. And young Pete Rock would tag along whenever he could. But at this time, he wasn't even a teenager yet. And we used to go around town, and kids at that age, you know, was drawn to the music and how hip-hop was made and, you know, the park jams and such. And as he tagged along with Heavy D, the opportunities came, especially in 1986, around the time when Heavy D signed his first record deal. Hev was working with a lot of uh, famous producers that people knew of, Molly Maul, Teddy Riley, Howie T, people of that nature. And he was observing everything that the DJs and producers were doing. I just soaked it all up there. And one component of this process would prove instrumental to his success, a drum machine called the SP-1200. See what I did there? Instrumental? Anyway, the SP-1200 gave you the power to take 10 seconds of any audio and manipulate it into your own track. This process is called sampling. Y'all want to know how we make the music? We sample. You hear that? The fun of rap is to be able to take a Harlan Oates track or, you know, a BG's tune and find something funky in it and then make it into something new. I mean, it's so easy to do that. Any kid in their basement can do that with a $300 sampler nowadays. The entry into this world of producing hip-hop tracks was very accessible for Pete Rock. When I was working with Hev, his DJ, Eddie F, had all the equipment, so I was playing with his equipment, and he lent me it the 1200 to take home. And he was gonna maximize this opportunity as best he could. Was at it all day, every day, working and practicing on it, learning how to make beats with it until I perfected it. You know, it was, it was such a great drum machine. So we wanted to get as much of our idea of samples that we find or listen to in there with the and, and try to experiment on making a beat. And as he was collaborating, he soon got the opportunity to let the world hear what he was doing. Through Heavy D's connection to MCA Records, he was connected with a group called Groove B Chill to produce on their album, Starting From Zero. Groove happened through Heavy D and I met Andre Arell and they were signed to MCA and so, they gave me a shot. Starting from zero, you give it all you got to reach the top. So you sit back at the chalkboard and plan a strategy. With your head in your hand, you pray to the man for a thought, of course, so you can become it. And as he was experimenting and developing his style, there were others who would come and collaborate. One day, a group of guys told Pete Rock he needed to hear this guy called C.L. Smooth. Yo, I want you to meet my ass. That's dope. And it became clear that C.L. Smooth had something special. His voice was different. 
never heard a voice like his. I was like, man, let's experiment. You know, I was already playing around with the beats. I'm like, yo, come over. A couple of neighborhood guys brought him over, and we was playing around, and we was down there all day, all night. I just fell in love with what I was doing. And, and I was acquiring the right people. And as he and C.L. Smooth started to create records together, a pair of O'Donnell Levy songs would come in handy. He took a groovy loop from We've Only Just Begun. And he paired that with the horns from People Make the World Go Round. Added some drums, C.L. Smooth's voice, and they created Mecca and the Soul Brothers. Okay, you wanna act trite and flip the script With your wonderama drama slash comma Riff that you're kicking like Pele Flows, even bonos, but versatility Capability is simply bougie And for another track, he sampled Lou Donaldson's Turtle Walk And he paired that with James Brown's Shoot Your Shot And with this, they created the song All Sold Out. Something like this. Make way for the CEO rap on photograph. No other half cozy like a bubble wrap. These songs would contribute to an EP by the same name, All Sold Out. They caught the attention of Dante Ross over at Electra Records, and they were given the opportunity to put out their EP. This was a big deal because if their EP did well, Next was an album deal. Regardless if this EP did well, Pete Rock knew that he and CL Smooth had something special. Not only did they already have their EP, they were also stockpiling songs that would soon become their first album. And while they were working on this album, Pete Rock was consistently making himself known as a producer. When we come back, Pete Rock and CL Smooth released their album, Mecca and the Soul Brother. And it's equipped with his signature jazzy but still rugged sound. That would lay the foundation for one of the greatest hip-hop songs ever created. One that was birthed out of tragedy. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Little Giants, Giant Shorties. I've got a few kids living in my house and I can tell you, their energy is something you can't suppress. When it comes to expressing themselves, you've got to let them shine. They are the culture, so why not let them dress like it? Shopping WeAreLittleGiants.com gives you access to plenty of options for styling your little shorty with the same authenticity you reserve for yourself. Find t-shirts, hoodies, shoes, onesies, and much more. Honestly, you'll be jealous they don't have your size. WeAreLittleGiants.com has the designs that speak to the love we've had for hip-hop since we were kids ourselves. You'll be passing along your passion for the culture when you see your little giant rocking this most definitely t-shirt I'm about to cop for my son, or this notorious RBG hoodie for my daughter. Slide through. Literally slide down the spiral slide and land in their flagship store ball pit at 4675 Hollywood Boulevard. Peace. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome back. Pete Rock had gone from a kid curious about hip-hop in Mount Vernon, New York, to a producer making tracks for artists like his cousin Heavy D, to an EP deal with Elektra Records. But while he and CL Smooth were pursuing their album deal, he was still out there making tracks for other artists. Songs like Jazz by A Tribe Called Quest. Pete Rock for the beat, you don't stop. Everybody in the place, you don't stop. And one day, he got the opportunity to get on the microphone. His cousin Heavy D was working on a new album, and he invited Big Daddy Kane, Grand Pooba, Cool G Rap, Q-Tip, Pete Rock, and CL Smooth to the studio because he had an idea for a song called Don't Curse. We did that song under one roof with everybody in the same room. Yo, Pete Rock, make it clear. I can flex, bet, lend a pen to a friend. Keep a party pimping from now to then. I don't have to swear, curse or juggle. Lyrics in the verse to make a party and in the midst of all this hard work, they released their EP, All Sold Out. We throw out the EP, you know, just testing the waters. And then people's response was like, amazing. Wow, this is something I've never, ever heard in my life, man. This, what kind of music is this? The EP did well enough that Electra Records offered them a full album deal. And with that, they started to go all in. And it's like, you don't even, time, you don't, none of that matters when you're making magic. I remember the last day of recording Mech and the Soul Brother. It was snowing outside. And I remember us, me and CL, coming out. And I opened my car trunk, putting my drum machine, everything in there. And we was like, yo, we finished this shit. I said, how do you think people going to react to this? Because this is some other shit, bro. And we was like, I don't think people ready for what we got. They had put together one of hip-hop's most coveted albums. It would serve as the blueprint for the Pete Rock sound. One of the standout tracks on the album was the single, Straighten It Out. The song featured a sample from Ernie Hines' song, Our Generation. A song about how the generation coming up in 1972 was going to be charged with fixing the world's problems. He added some horns from Cool in the Gang's song, Chocolate Buttermilk. He added drums and layered it all together. And while they were in the midst of making this album, one day they got word that a dear friend, Trouble T-Roy, who had grown up around them in New York, who was also a backup dancer for Heavy D, passed away in a freak accident on tour. He was one of those guys that, you know, if he seen you getting beat up, he'd be like, all right, we're going to teach you how to fight. This is what he did for me. I got jumped. And then he heard about it, and he made me fight the dude and told me, if you don't beat this nigga's ass, I'm going to fuck you up. He was one of those type of dudes. <laughs> so that's that goes directly to your heart. That's real love, yeah. someone who really cares about you. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't want to see you getting beat up in the street. Trouble T-Roy meant a lot to a lot of people. When Hev called me crying like that, I was like, you know, I ain't know what to think. And then he said he couldn't barely, could barely get it out of his mouth. You know what I'm saying? And then when he finally said it, we were just all devastated, man. The whole neighborhood, like, 
I just ran out in front like, yo, Troy's dead, Troy's dead. It was crazy, it was crazy, man. And as he was reeling from the passing of his friend, one day he started listening to a piece of music that spoke to him. The song was called Today by Tom Scott. Listening to it, listening to it, like, damn. The bass line and... And that's when he heard it. He took the sample and pitched it down. Then I started picturing drums. Enter James Brown's Say It Loud. And then made the drums, you know what I'm saying, on the SP. And this meant he chopped up every sound, starting with those James Brown drums. Then he brought in the sample. Made the bass line, all that stuff, filtered it on the SP. I somehow found the inspiration in that song or in that sample to create something for him. CO actually... I gave him the beat. He was he was experimenting with it. And then he turned pages in his composition book and said, you know, I'm going to use this. And it was the same rhymes that you hear on Reminisce. I reminisce for a spell, or shall I say think back 22 years ago to keep it on track. The birth of a child on the 8th of October. A toast, but my granddaddy came sober. And this song would become their tribute to Trouble T-Roy. If you go back into the Fresh Era archives to the CL Smooth episode, we tell his story of the encounter with Trouble T-Roy that led to him writing about a fight in the street. And once all the lyrics were laid down and everybody in the studio got a chance to listen to the song. Well, when we finished making the song in the studio, everyone in the in the room was crying. Everyone was emotional, highly emotional. Um, Charlie Brown from Leaders of the New School was in there. Me, my brother... CL, a couple other people. And um, after it was over, we was just like, wow, this one is, is different. You know, I, I was just glad I was able to give something back to my man. In the spring of 1992, Pete Rock and CL Smooth released their debut single, They Reminisce Over You. This made waves all throughout the hip-hop community, and it set them up for a warm reception in June of 1992 with the release of their debut album, Mecca and the Soul Brother. And with that, they were off to the races. Two up-and-coming brothers, also very talented producers, got the slamming album out, Mecca and a Soul Brother. So please welcome, from Money Earning Mount Vernon, Pete Rock and CL Smooth, Straightening Out. <laughs> Suddenly, they were on In Living Color, the Arsenio Hall show, and everybody was singing their songs. More than that, everybody was listening to the music. There was something special about Pete Rock's style of production. The way I made music was different. I, I, I loved Molly Marr. I loved Howie T. I loved Petty. I loved a whole bunch of producers. You know what I'm saying? Wanted to be like them in a sense, but just stand in my own light. That's something I worked on diligently. And everybody felt that there was something new and refreshing about his sound. Take, for instance, the remix that he did to House of Pain smash single, Jump Around. Get up, pack it in, let me begin. I came to win, battle me, that's a sin. I won't ever slack up, punk, you better back up. Try and play the role and you're the whole crew will act up. Or the remix to Public Enemies, Shut Him Down. I justified, my mama cried. Black people died when the other man well, you have to like the original in order to have your great idea for a remix. You know, there's plenty of these songs that I was fans of. At that time, I was just trying to make a name for myself. I wanted people to know who Pete Rock was and, and how he does his music. So I was always challenging myself or 
or, or say, damn, if that's, if that, the original sounds like that, then I got to come with something better than that. This drive to prove himself would become useful not just for Pete Rock and CL Smooth. As 1992 started to turn into 1993, that magic that Pete Rock was bringing on the track was about to breathe life into a rap group that we all love, but was struggling at the time. Run DMC. Started working on some stuff closely with Jam Master J. They got some ideas together, put it on wax, and they took it to Def Jam. Played it for Russell, and Russell was like, eh. They were rejected. And then we went back to the drawing board, and my feelings just kind of went, and And then Jay comes to my mother's house and rings the bell, and I open the doors like, you know, he's like, yo, let's go finish this shit. Jam Master J knew that Pete Rock was just the person they were going to need. And he wasn't going to let Russell or the people over at Def Jam talk him out of it. We went to finish it in my basement. You know what I'm saying? That's when I started adding the sample and the... We found that. And then, you know, Jay was tapping out the beat on the SP. And I was like, hold on, hold on. Let me hit record. And then, you know, I didn't want to rap on it, but then I ended up rapping on it. Down with the kings on the microphone swinger. The P to the R, not an R&B singer. The R to the U-N-D-M-C and the fly human beings. Tonight I hold the key. I was their biggest fan. That was just a special time, man. God had the light on us. And it actually turned out to be number one with the bullet on the Billboard charts. Down with the King featuring Pete Rock and CL Smooth hit number one on the U.S. Hot Rap Songs chart. For somebody coming from their neighborhood just making music, this is an accomplishment like no other. But Pete Rock wasn't done yet. When we come back, Pete Rock hits the big screen. He and CL Smooth drop their sophomore album. And Pete Rock produces another one of the greatest hip-hop songs ever made. Stay tuned. Hip-hop in the 90s. It was incredible. It was groundbreaking. And let's be honest here, sometimes it was weird. Gold Rush is Stupid Fly Media's latest hip-hop podcast. Each week, your host, Sean Kantrowitz, that's me, will be uncovering a different topic from the golden era of hip-hop. Some of it will hold a special place in your heart. Some of it will be a subject you may have forgotten about. And some of it, well, some of it we're still looking back and wondering, how the hell did this happen? And we won't be going on this journey alone. Each episode features in-depth, brand new interviews with the artists, producers, eyewitnesses, and key behind-the-scenes players of the golden era, including Graham Pooba, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, DJ Evil D, Fatlip, Hank Shockley of the Bomb Squad, Young MC, David Faustino, Merce, and many more. We all have great memories about 90s hip-hop, but you've never heard a podcast that looks back at it like this. Gold Rush. Subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts. And follow at Stupid Fly Media and at Hip Hop Gold Rush for more updates and exclusive content. Go, 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 go. It's the Gold Rush. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. 
a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back. It's 1993 and Pete Rock is coming off a string of successes. He and his partner CL Smooth made a statement with their debut album, Mecca and the Soul Brother. Then they went number one partnering with the legendary rap group Run DMC. Now they were all over TV and they were traveling the world. Fell in love with Australia, fell in love with Russia, fell in love with London, Paris. He was discovering more of the world, and the world was discovering more of him. First in the record shop, now in the movie theaters. He was now showing up in soundtracks for movies like 1993's Poetic Justice, starring Janet Jackson and Tupac Shakur. For this movie, he and C.L. Smooth contributed a song called One in a Million. And when the hosts of Yo! MTV Raps, Dr. Dre and Ed Lover decided they wanted to be in a buddy comedy, you know for the soundtrack they had to call Pete Rock and CL Smooth. And this time Pete Rock made a track called What's Next on the Menu. And they also appeared on the soundtrack for another classic movie. Menace to society. And for this one, they actually got a peek behind the curtain of how the movie was made. We got to see a few things filmed on set. It was like the closing, wrapping up scenes. Inspired by the energy on set, they created the song, Death Becomes You. It's the killer beat, kill rugged skill, that's something. And land your fucking asses in the coffin. What, is he cold steel? Cause niggas want a meal like Shaquille O'Neal. And you already know he wasn't done. One day he got a call from legendary producer and rapper, Large Professor. Large Professor was working with a young rapper called Nas. And the album they were working on was Illmatic. And he was rounding up people like myself and, and, and Q-Tip, the rest of the producers, LES, you know, said, yo, this is what I need for the kid. Well, after listening to him on our main source album. When I was 12, I went to help for snuffing Jesus. Nasty Nas is a rebel to America. Police murderer, I'm causing hysteria. We were like, whoa, like, yo, dog, what's up with homie? Like, once, once that started, he brought Nas to the crib. And so I was going through floppy discs, the beats, you know, for the SP. And every disc had a different instrumental that Pete Rock had already made. I was popping disc in and out, in and out. I popped that one in. And as I was getting to play the next beat, he's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let that rock. You know, he's, he's bopping his head. You know what I'm saying? And then he's coming up with the idea. The thief's thing. The play me at night, they won't act right. He was like, I want you to sing this. Whose world is this? It's yours. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Whose world is this? I, I was just, I used to be playing in the booth, like, man, you know, but I was just like, all right, let me try it. And good thing he did. The song was released as a single and it went gold. And at this point, Pete Rock was already considered one of hip hop's elite producers. And he was coming up with the likes of DJ Premier and Jay Dilla. We were all secretly competing. Primo told me when he heard The World Is Yours, he went back and made two two other joints. There's a video of Dilla picking me up from the airport, and I jump in the car with cassettes 
off my beats and I start playing him and he's going nuts. Speaking of mind-blowing moments throughout the 90s, one moment that stands out is the farewell episode of the Arsenio Hall Show. We've talked about this moment in previous episodes and every time you can get a sense of how grand this moment was. Everybody from KRS-One and Mad Lion to Fushnickens, Yo-Yo and the Wu-Tang Clan all showed up to pay tribute to the Arsenio Hall Show. And behind the boards was a combination of DJ Premier and Pete Rock. All of this energy in the same room created a classic moment in hip-hop. Hit the lights and now you appear beyond the stratosphere And while he was making hip-hop history, he was still taking songs from the radio and remixing them with his own flair. Take, for instance, the song Real Hip-Hop by Das FX. Another Pete Rock remix. He was still knocking these tracks out of the park. His popularity, along with CL Smooth, only grew during this time. That would set them up for another successful studio album. In November of 1994, they released their sophomore album, The Main Ingredient. The song on the Electra label is entitled Take You There. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Judge the book by the cover. Discover the soul brother with the mechadon. Working brunette to blonde. How many Edison con when I respond in full black? What us heaven to Vernon villains back to back? The album was a success, hitting the U.S. Billboard Top 200 and the U.S. Top R&B Hip Hop Albums Billboard chart. And this would be the last album we would get from Pete Rock and CL Smooth. And the music they created throughout the years was something special. I just had him down back. You know, I just, I just kind of knew what he liked and what he. It was, it was real easy marriage. And though the duo was done, P-Rock continued to make his name known throughout the 90s. He produced for everyone from Rakim to Raekwon and released a solo album in 1998. His work would continue to inspire producers all over the globe, including the likes of Kanye West. These days, P-Rock is still working, giving the world his unique take on music. Just somehow, someway, being a musician is fun. Creating sound is fun. Coming up with the unknown and... and and the outcome of it, that I worked for all of that. And the legacy of what he worked for is still strong to this day. The song They Reminisce Over You is a cornerstone in hip-hop. That record right there, I can use as a credit card in the hood. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it did a lot for people. It, it helped a lot of people in jail, helped a lot of people in war, helped a lot of grieving families that lost loved ones. And thinking back on the late great Heavy D, it was something special to watch his little cousin Pete Rock become a legend. For Hev, it was just me and my ambition and him instilling me with that, him seeing me live that out was his biggest, ultimate, daring thing to see about me. That's one of the things he thought that was the most important that meant was really dear to him is to see that Stupid Fly production written and edited by me, Craig Smith, and executive produced by DJ Cheapshot. Chris Barnett is the soul brother. Sean Berman is our mix engineer. Artwork by Ray Allen Davis. Music by The Math Club. Special shout out to The People's Party, which I sampled heavily for this episode. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And keep up with us on Instagram at Stupid Fly Media. Or follow the show page at Fresh Era Podcast. You can find me at I am Craig Smith. We'll see you on the next episode of Fresh Era. 
Hey, this is Sun Dobe from Funk Dobies. Thanks for tuning in to Fresh Era. Did you know that these guys over at Stupid Fly are doing this strictly out of the love for 90s hip-hop culture? If you like what you hear, please do me a favor. Go to stupid-fly.com and pick up some merch to show your support. Then follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Stupid Fly Media. Thank you for supporting our community of Golden Era Gladiators. Now head over to stupid-fly.com. <laughs> Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.